with so much heart and determination. And the discussion about their DNAs being so similar. Both coaches right. talking about it before right. this series started. Bruce Cassidy says, when I watch the Islanders, I see us. Yeah. And, th and that's the way the game was played. Lying beside here in the dark, feeling your heart. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know quite, I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Um. Keith Hernandez! <laughs> Hello, Newman. Back again with another episode of the Dingo Show. As always, joined by Cole and Ty. Hey, guys. Dingo. Dingo, how we doing? As you know, this show is on the Quick Takes Podcast Network. If you want to get more into that, you can follow it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And also, too, follow it on quick.takes. You can get in touch with the show that way. Submit your questions. We'll get you on the Dingo Show. All right. Hey, we just were having a great conversation before we went live. Going to try and transition back into that. Ty, uh, what went wrong with the Bruins? Why did they lose the Islanders? And, uh, you know, just get into that a little bit. Huge disappointment there. Like, I think it, it's, I'm still getting over it, honestly. Uh, I think the biggest factor of the Bruins being bounced in the second round this year is Brandon Carlo going down in one of the first games. And then Kevin Miller going down earlier in uh, the Washington series. You could see having, like, guys like Tenorti and Clifton in there. They did pretty good and they held their own, but it was obvious that they just uh, the Islanders were just a quicker team and getting getting the puck moving against the Bruins defense all series. But uh, yeah, it was it's tough to see. Are the Islanders are early. the Islanders a legit team? Do they have a chance against? We sit here on Monday, June fourteenth, and they stand one game above the uh, Lightning. I mean, yeah, they're they're definitely a, a excuse me the hot team right now. The uh, Varlamov stood on his head pretty much all the time he's been. He's in gonna there. have how many shots did they have on him last night? Like yet, yeah, like Sunday, did they have like forty shots? I don't know. I feel like that. I that Lightning team is too skilled. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch. I was just gonna say real quick, the Nassar Barn. Really, am I am I pronouncing that name correct? Okay, yeah, Nassau, yeah. Na Nassau. Nassau. NASA, NASA. I'd like to hear Sully try to pronounce that one. But anyways, it's it's a great arena for for close contact of of in the fans standing right on you. So Definitely. just a different environment. But not even that. I mean, they haven't even been able to play there yet. They're still in down in Tampa Bay playing the, the games, obviously, because Tampa Bay's got the, the higher seating. But also I want to get back to Tig's point there. The real chink in the armor for the Bruins was that Carlo injury and also the just the lightning uh, or the the decimation of, I don't even think that's a word, but just the decimation <laughs> of the defense. And that led into um, the old um, favorite of just ragging on Tuka Rask. Tuka Rask was asked of way too much. He had a torn labrum and sip, of course. Yeah. He's a, he's so, a Cole, hockey do you think injury. That, Cole, you think that's just a, a narrative, the whole getting mad and getting angry Hon at honestly, Tuka? Yes, I honestly do believe so because yep. I was watching the game with you, Dingo, and we couldn't get a single stop. We were turning yep. over the, the puck all the time the past two, if not uh, two and a half games. We couldn't get it out of the neutral zone because all yep. they did was the classic. Um, who's the coach there of uh, the Islanders? Trotz. There, 
Yeah, Travis. He, he, he always. Bane. Yeah, he did this all <laughs> the time face. when he was. He did this all the time when he was with the Capitals. Just clog up the neutral zone and see what ha- see what happens. So it was just yeah. a more of that. And also, if I'm speaking a little bit further into the future here, Dingo, one thing I want to see, I want a deep David Krejci on a team friendly deal, if possible. Yes, please. Team friendly meaning less than four million dollars mm-hmm. in less than two years or two years maximum, I should say. And then beyond that, cut ties at Tukarask. I've seen enough. That's about oh, it. Oh, I was gonna say I agree with everything Cole was saying up until that last point. Barry Trotz, great coach. Uh, I'd love to see Krejci come back, especially with the chemistry that he had with Craig Smith and Taylor Hall there. But Krejci yeah. is 36. That is true. I, I think I was, I'm hoping for like a 3 million deal for Krejci a year or two and then keep Hall for like three years. Like Why do you like Rask, Tyke? Why do you like Rask here? I see Rask would be a Sway bridge is the way, Swayman. I thought. No, exactly. Oh, a bridge. Oh, here yeah. we go. Say it. Let go. Here, go I, ahead. Split the games. It's like all all the teams now that you see, like Vegas has two-headed monster in the back end. Islanders have uh, Sorokin and Varlamov. Varlamov, mm-hmm. there we go. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think having two, like the Bruins had with Halak when he was yeah. doing pretty well. They have a 1A and like a 1B, basically. So I, I hope... See- See now, Ty. The, the problem I have with that is he's that you're, tie, you're tying two big price tags right there. I mean, David Krejci, as I just said, he's 36. You got Patrice yeah. Bergeron, he's 35. You got uh, Brad Marchand, he's going to be turning. He's going to be 33. It's it's at some point that you're going to have to move on for the, from this core, and you're going to have to invest into some new blood. And that's where I want the money to be spent on defense and also on a new yeah. um, second uh, second line center because obviously Charlie Coyle is not making the jump that we want him to make. It pains me to say it. Well, look at this, Cole. What about on the contrary? I don't know. I mean, if you had told me back in 2011 that this core, the guys that you just named, would only have one Stanley Cup, I would say, I don't think so. And I would say at least more. And they've had chances to get there. That 2019, that Blues, when they lost to the Blues, Blues were a better team, and that road Mm. was paved for us. But look at this. I say keep that course. Keep what's going on. I think we're going to have a lot of cap space. Isn't that right, Ty? Yeah, I, I mean, because Krejci, between Krejci and Rask, that's fifteen million, and I don't see those guys wanting fifteen million to come back. Like, I think. Quick question, gonna... Ty. I, I cut you off last time, but what did you say was the Taylor Hall deal you wanted? Oh, I'd like him like three years, like five, six million. That would be a team friendly deal. Like, if he's on the open market, he could get probably seven or eight. But is he so... going to ask for seven from Boston, or do you think he actually likes it as much here as he says he does? First it's... time, really playoff contributor yeah i mean he did well in the first round but he was kind of uh absent you didn't really notice him in the second round there but it's also uh, important to remember that the money you spend in this offseason will directly correlate to the even more important offseason next year when you have to sign players like mcavoy and uh yeah. Pasternak. so mcavoy's 10 probably, million a year right probably 10 million for eight years i wouldn't be afraid for that one either because he's a, one of the best defenseman in the league and then also you yeah. got pasta who's one of the best scorers in the league too so he's going to get a pretty penny in there as well so what we really need dingo and not to harp on this but when you're looking at this Bruins team and talking to a lot of Bruins fans that know the team much better than me, it's we need a better second line center. And we also need to get um, some better puck moving defensemen. Tig, is Don Sweeney and, and, and Bruce Cassidy, are they going to be the leadership, the front office guys for this team next year? I, I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, I think they've made great moves to put the Bruins where they are. I mean, let's not forget the Bruins, five years ago, six years ago, we're a team that weren't making the playoffs. Like 
I, NHL is, I think is the hardest league to be a good team year in and year out. Uh, like true. we see Look the turnover. Chicago, yeah. Like all these yeah. teams. Looking, yeah. Like, Bay lightning now. Right. Exactly. Like we see so many teams that were at the bottom of the league 10 years ago and now they have their dynasties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think there's a question about Cassidy or, or Sweeney. Um, like, like you guys were saying, I think the Bruins just need to make a few key moves this off season to, yeah, to compete I, again. And I was listening to another podcast. I was speaking about the Bruins from the outside looking in and it, uh, they're, they're saying that the, the the most important offseason Sweeney's ever had in this past like 10 years or basically his tenure with the Bruins is this offseason because you got two roads. You got one, you can try to run this back and try to revamp it and retool it, or you can completely blow it up and get some really good return. And you can also get a new look Bruins. They said the only there's only three on four untradeable pieces on the Bruins right now. You got McAvoy, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand and Pasternak. Everything else is a question to be moved or to be or to be used in a different um, a different lens. And also they're they're talking about and I want to get your take on this too, Ty. Is Taylor Hall really that key of a piece for the Bruins going forward? I think so. I mean, he fit in pretty seamlessly on that second line there. And people have always been saying since like Horton uh, left and Luch left, the uh, Krejci needs wingers. I mean, for the, yeah. the little experiment that we got with Hall, Krejci and Smith, I think that was the best Krejci's played. Yeah. Um, we need played to trade DeBrusque. We need to trade DeBrusque. Either that or we're going to lose him to Seattle. Yeah. Yep, he could be in that expansion draft. Here's the thing, Cole, on my take on Taylor Hall is that I think if he wants to stay here, you got to make that deal work. I just feel like he is too talented a guy to have an offseason learning the system, a whole nother season playing with the same guys. He's just going to come back better. I feel like he picked up really quickly midway through the season, and he did little things that I think guys like, to your point, DeBrusque, really could not do. He would never fly off sides. He could make plays on his own and he could also set up his teammates. So I think that obviously he's an MVP player. If he's got his head screwed on straight, wouldn't mind seeing him take that risk. Those are the kind of signings that win cups. All right, Ty, who do you like coming out of the winning the Stanley Cup going forward? I kind of like Vegas myself, just the root form. They seem hot four out of, they've won their last four games. Who do you like? Yeah, I'm hoping for Vegas Islanders. Um, and I'd like to see the Islanders win just to say Bruins lost to the best, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it might be Vegas's year this year. It seems like they're finally getting, like they finally got all the pieces to the puzzle. It seems like they're big team. Really. They're big. They're a big team. How do you see them matching up against the Islanders if that's what it is? I think that would be a, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it seems like the Islanders play like a heavy, uh, like a heavy, a heavy game. Um, I think it would be a good even matchup. So I think it's going to be Tampa Bay. As much as I'd like to see the New York Islanders and feed into Tyke's narrative that he just painted, I think it's going to be Tampa Bay versus the um, Vegas Knights again. I really want Vegas to win. And I think that the the reason why that's good for the NHL is that shows that like when you have an expansion team, not only can you be competitive right out of the gate, you can also be in cup contention year after year just by good management. And I think Vegas would love themselves a championship. Tyke, why uh, are the... um... Canadians suddenly on fire. Uh, that's Carey Price, amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the answer right there. Like, I still feel bad. Like, as much as I'd like to uh, see the Canadians lose, there's still a little bit of me that likes him just because Claude was there. I know he's not the coach anymore, but 
I'm the uh, coach. <laughs> still don't know why they moved on from PK Subban. Still don't know. Oh, because yeah. he's called, he's the broadcaster now. I see him on ESPN two right now. That's right. Yeah, yeah, for the playoffs. <laughs> but seriously, you think it's just why do you think they're so hot right now? I think yeah, Carey Price is between the net, and he's just he's been a great goalie. There's no question about it. The last decade, but Montreal hasn't really put out competitive teams the last four or five years. So yeah, he's sort of just been stranded out there between the pipes, and I don't know. It just seems like it's. They, they're just clicking since uh, they did fire Claude. We know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> Cole, let's transition into some basketball talk here. What are you seeing in the NBA? Let's start before we dive into our love, beloved Celtics. What's going on right now in the playoffs? So right now you just saw the biggest catastrophe we've seen in the NBA come playoff time and quite in my memory in quite some time you saw him at the highest of highs in the first two games and reached the lowest of lows in the next two games and i'm talking about the brooklyn nets and that's come by way of injuries you had fat boy james harding who didn't want to get ready for the season <laughs> you go into late season and he, guess what he pulls a hamstring just because he's carrying around too much weight that is not my opinion <laughs> that is a fact and then you also have Kyrie irving he stomps on lucky the leprechaun glenn davis big baby calls as he sees it and says that's bad luck right there i'm not going to call it that i I think Kyrie Irving actually took a nasty injury and then spade a spade. I never, I, I never like to see a player go down with hurt, but guess what? It's Kyrie. So you can't be a little bit upset if you're a Boston Celtics fan. Then you also have Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is one of the best scorers in NBA history. He's unbelievable. He's seven, one listed at six eleven, but that is false. He is seven, one and can basically score in any which way he wants. And now he gets into a, a minor pushing match with PJ Tucker. That was embarrassing. And who comes out of the crowd there to get his back is not security, or what we thought was the Milwaukee Bucks, the security officer. No, it the was bouncer Kevin from Owen O'Leary's. It was it was <laughs> Kevin Durant's personal bouncer was sitting sideline and personally pushed PJ Tucker. Okay, you got an ID. So that right there just reaffirmed me that Kevin Durant is an excellent <laughs> basketball player, but. Anything beyond that, he just really gets under my nerves. The only player in the Brooklyn Nets that I really do like is Blake Griffin. So, anyways. He's playing hard, too. Yeah, he is playing hard. He's actually got something to go for. People forgot that he's a pretty decent player. He's why they won game one. Yeah, so I think the Brooklyn Nets right there, interesting scenario. And I think they're going to end up losing because the injury bugs hit them a little bit too hard. Pray for that locker room this offseason because who knows what's going to happen. Let me get into this, Cole. Game five is Wednesday. The 16th. Today is Monday, the 14th. The Brooklyn Nets have already ruled out Kyrie Irving and James Harden. So if you're Coach Booten, if you're Coach Bootenholzer, who probably would have been fired if his team lost game three, you know, then, oh, guess what? I don't have to do. I don't have to even game plan for two of the best players in the NBA because the Brooklyn Nets have already said they're out. So that makes my job, which I had almost lost three times over, even easier. The Milwaukee Bucks have to be the most trick-or-treat NBA team in the past five years. Seriously. I don't understand how these guys are able to say, oh, we got a two-time MVP. Let's get swept in round one. Let's get swept in round two. I mean, now they just got to get the only reason why they won game three was because what Cole said, Harden went out. And also they were at home. And also because Giannis is getting whatever he wanted. But also, you know what I'm saying? Like, these guys... If they advance past Brooklyn, I'm going to be shocked. Well, Brooklyn, I really am. It was it was Brooklyn series to lose, and they found a way to lose. Who would? Well, have yeah. If you're if you're a Brooklyn fan, you got to be like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. These guys. I mean, you're hey, welcome to what it was like to be a Boston fan. 
superstars will quit on you. These guys freak injuries. Can't say much about that. But the fact that, I mean, this whole like rest and be ready for the playoffs thing is malarkey. I don't know. Ty, do you have any thoughts or else we Cole and I can transfer right into the Celts here too. Yeah, I mean, the only thoughts I have is I've never heard Dingo so fired up about something right there, man. I, I was like ready to play. If like if you were the coach or something, I'm running through a wall for you, man. <laughs> Dingo, real quick before we get into the Celtics, I want to transition a little bit over to the West. You talked about MVPs. The Jokic just lost to the Phoenix Suns in four games. I know. Got, How about the NBA? Okay, also, can I speak a little bit further here? Because yeah, yeah. he got he got. A flagrant two for slapping the ball out of someone. He didn't even foul him. He just slapped the ball. And it was it was Cameron Payne. Me and you were talking to this before the podcast started. But that's Uh if you're the NBA, that's such a bad look to be having your MVP getting bounced in a do or die game like that. That is, yeah. If if I was if I was the um, Denver Nuggets owner slash GM um, or Malone or Malone, what what's his name? Mike Malone. Mike Malone. Uh, I'd take the fine big time. I would just get on my soapbox and just start screaming because that was rigged. Anyways, the Phoenix Suns are about to get bounced by in four games by the uh, Utah <laughs> Jazz next time out. So way to go, little old Phoenix. Well, hey, let me tell you something. We want to stay in the West right now before we hop back east to the Celts. Look at this. The fact that Jokic was ejected was embarrassing. All right. Well, hey, let me get into this real quick. I think that Phoenix is a real team. I think that they're one of the few teams in the NBA right now who's actually playing for something. I really do. And I think it makes a difference. If you're Brad Stevens and you're sitting at home, you're like, what the heck did Monty Williams say to his Phoenix Suns team that I did not say to my Boston Celtics team? Seriously, like they're just playing with a fire under them. We were not. And Phoenix, for the most part, if they're going up against a Jamal Murray-less Denver Nuggets, locked out. And they took advantage of that. Um, just like Milwaukee's taking advantage of uh, the Nets losing their guy. I think that that uh, is not a surprise to me that uh, the Nuggets got swept. I don't think that their team was deep, and I think that Aaron Gordon was one of the most overrated midseason trade requests I'd ever heard of. Cole, can we hit on the Celts real quick? Here's some funny stats. Regular season games. Kemba Walker played 43 games this year out of a 72-game season. That's roughly 55 56%, I believe. Uh, and the Boston Globe, for some reason, grading his season, gave him a B. They said, although Kemba Walker missed the first 11 games of the season and couldn't play on back-to-back nights, he still put together a solid year with 19 points and whatever, whatever on 5% shooting. But the thing is, with Kemba Walker, I could not believe that he sat out an elimination game. Did you see this, Tig? He sat out the elimination game because his, not, no. his, well, he just look, got his look. veneers done. Yeah, let, me, let me just say this, Dingo. If, if we're, I, I'd give him a B grade if I was using the, the, the Celtics scale of roster talent oh, for God. this whole year. So that's if, if we were taking that um, scale away from it, uh, he'd be in an F range. So they, they were basically using a scale that everyone flunked the test. So you got to bump up grades a little bit here. So, I don't understand how a guy gets a B grade when he's clearly labeled as a liability. And if the Celtics want to get rid of Kemba Walker, the starting yeah. price is two first round picks. So that's ridiculous. Let me, let me also say this, Dingo. If you are a professor and you see a student show up for only f- Fifty percent of the classes, but he did okay on a few assignments. Um, I don't think a B would be an earned grade right there if you showed up fifty percent of the time to your job. But let me just say this also: the Celtics going forward, Kemba Walker. I've heard and I've read a lot of stories about it. He's not going to be as difficult a piece to move as we as we since heard. And to oh. that, I have to say, what are we getting in return? Um, I haven't heard anything in that regard. But if I mean, 
he's 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 a player that's kind of run his course. It's tough. He's a, he's a six foot guard that's losing speed and can't and can't play back to back games. I, I don't know how you can trade that asset. Going down the line here, I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to have a huge bounce back year next year when they have a new voice in the locker room. And I'm interested to see who the new coach is. Please make it Sam Cassell. Thank you. All right, since we're on to controversy, Tig, what do you know about this spider tack stuff in the Red Sox and why have they gone from one of the best pitching teams in the league to one of the worst in the past nine games now that they're checking for baseball substances? Yeah, yeah that's that's been honestly pretty crazy to hear about. Like we've hear, heard for years that like it's been been rumors of it in the MLB. So it's interesting, like why why now? Like why why put the foot down now? Like everyone Trevor Bauer was like joking around about it all years like on, on like twitter and stuff tweeting about how people's are uh the rpms or the rotations are going up each year it's like right, let, me, let me just help you out thank you when when they when i heard that they were taking rid of the the spider tech or whatever they call it their dingo stick them glue whatever it is i, I were you surprised thought, cole that an alex no, core led baseball no. team was cheating that doesn't even matter that doesn't even matter because the numbers <laughs> reflect across the whole entire league there's so many bigger issues to solve than pitchers getting an extra edge on the juiced batters right now with the, yeah. the, base, the balloon balls are throwing across the, there's so many bigger things to fix and let leave it to baseball to just not figure that one out and just say, Hey, <laughs> they have this like sticky stuff that they're using. So let's get back to the roots of the game. And everyone just says, yeah, that's a smart idea. Okay. The Red Sox yesterday got what beat uh, 18 to four, eight home runs. 18 to four. No one wants to see, I don't care if you're the winning team. No one wants to see an 18 to four game. No one wants that. That's this is, this is five hours. This is preposterous. If the Sox are winning, we're at that game. I'm, I'm ready to bounce by the sixth. (laughs) Yeah. No one, no one's like, you know what? I saw a game where it was 12 to two. No one wants to see that homer away winner or loser. It's just a terrible project. So just leave it to baseball to make another step forward in the wrong direction and uh, try try to fix it by getting rid of uh, a pitcher's edge, which all the pitchers need every single edge they got. Do you think we blame the nerds for this, for looking at everyone's gloves, or what do you think it is? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good point there, honestly, Dingo. I feel like ever since the nerds came into baseball with all <laughs> these advanced statistics, it's been it's like, all right, relax. Like we get it, <laughs> OPS is important, but like, what about batting average? Like I. Oh, gonna you, you hit a button here, Dingo, with the nerds. But get into it, get into it. I I don't I don't know. I just don't really like all the the stress on some of the numbers. Like I get I get Moneyball and that that sort of thing. But like the person I, I do the uh, Bill who I do the BCT Sports Show at Brian Bill Hayden. Shout out, yes, Bill. Yeah, we uh, interviewed um, an analytics personnel from the Chicago Cubs organization. And um, when we asked him about our like statistics or, as you put it, nerds ruining the game of baseball, <laughs> and and as he would put it, and he as he would put it, obviously staying safe for his job, he's like no, but he he will say that um, baseball can do some other things to try to increase the speed of the game, and he said namely making baseballs normal. Um, he didn't mention anything about stickum, but he said that the first thing you can do is is just getting balls back in play. And he said, stop using the baseballs. And uh, that's about it. We, we further inquired about like, what about the shift? Can we do away with the shift? And that was, I think he just saw his, his job flash before his eyes. So he said, no, we have to keep the shift right there. Oh, that, that reminds me, like, there's been so many times this year where the shift has like hurt a team, especially say like a guy gets on base 
and then uh, he, a guy gets hit hit to second base, and then there's a shift on, and there's no one covering third base, so the guy just runs over there. Like perfect <laughs> example, that huge play you saw all over Sports Center and all over like the internet when Javier Baez yes went to, went oh, to first my. base, ran all the way to home, and then like the guy scored. Like that wouldn't happen if there was fundamental baseball, like people backing up and like you've seen that so many times, especially this year, it's just like simple fundamentals of baseball. They're just not backing up, not in the right place because of the shift. It's confusing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Who's playing where? Who's on first? <laughs> well, we sound asked, the bell. Wait, Dingo, wait, real quick before you sound the bell there. Remember we were listening to the um Epstein. Epstein. Yeah, Theo Epstein on podcast Bill Simmons. With, on Bill Simmons, and he says on average there's a nine minutes between the ball being put in play in baseball. Nine minutes. Oh, isn't it like fifteen minutes for football or something like that? The ball in play. No, no. I don't no, think like that's 30 true. Thirty seconds, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. There's a lot of stoppages and turnover and downs, whatever. But I don't know. That's that was just something interesting. Nine minutes between fans seeing action. Let me tell you something though, Dennis Eckersley. Jerry Remy and Dave O'Brien in the booth, the the three when they're together. And then Remy had to go to the hospital during the yeah. middle of the game the other night. So hopefully he's all right. But those guys in the booth together are very entertaining. I've actually yeah. really enjoyed them on the broadcast, the three of them together. So shout out to those guys. They're uh, they make the game, even though it can be boring, they're fun to listen to. That's for oh, sure. 100%. I'm sure all there enjoy that shout out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm sure they listened to the dingo show. Pair of shoes. All right. Guess who's on the line with us, guys, right now? We have Sully on the phone and for the first time ever joining us with Sully on the line, we have Tig. Normally, our Zoom limits us only to three people per calls, but we've since upgraded to four plus, I believe. So the full team on the phone at once. Sully, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm finally, uh, I'm glad to get the chance to meet this, uh, this Tiggy guy. He seems like a, a, a interesting. Why does he always leave when I get on the phone? That's what I want to know, huh? Bandwidth. You know, I, 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 yeah, that, it, that's the problem, Sully. It's just a lot of bandwidth, you know. I, I, I don't got the money to pay for that. Uh, Sully, I just want to get into a quick conversation here. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know you, you're a close follower of the Boston Bruins right here. Yep. And I know you're at the game when they were allowing fans back full capacity in the garden. And it was, mm-hmm. must have been a great atmosphere. Um, looking, nice. down, uh, looking down on the ice, what was some key takeaways that the Bruins just weren't doing right against the Islanders? Well, uh, first and first, mostly, uh, it's great to be back on the show, boys. But uh, yeah, right off the bat, I'm saying uh, Bruins... Obviously, they just weren't getting uh, as many goals, I think, as the Islanders throughout the whole series. And I think we saw that, especially in the games that they lost. Right. Uh, right, Sully. And, and just to get into that a little bit more, um, what would you think if you were a hockey player and uh-huh. you had an open net opportunity like Pasternak had with that one timer that went um, to the right post there? How long yeah. would you be thinking about that opportunity? I'd say a little longer than that. Uh, that's good yeah Yeah, i I, i'd probably still be thinking about it you know right before i'm gonna go to bed you know thinking about all the things i did for the day and then you know it's like you sit down and you just remember the that one thing you said in middle school to that kid you're like oh why did i say that it would be like that it'd be like oh how come i couldn't just shoot that little to the left you know Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah i'm still thinking about it tag any questions here for sully as we get the expert on the line yeah, Sully, um, 
you know, Cole has brought to my attention all, all the uh, the lighting projects that you you were in charge of over the years. Uh, is there any coincidence that a lot of these parks they 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 saw a lot of electrical problems in in like months after after you were done working on them? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you know, I've worked at Candlestick Park. The lights on still there. You know, Motel Six Park. Uh, I left the light on for them down there. I don't know why they charged me for the bill. You know, it's in the it's in the slogan. You know, I thought it, I thought I was supposed to leave the light on. We'll leave the light on know. for you. Uh, Sully, I'm going to guess my question for you this week yep. is about spider tech. Mm-hmm. Mainly, I don't know what it is. Can you explain to me what spider tech is? All right. So you know Peter Parker. Yep. You know how he's you guys the web slingers. Mm-hmm. You know how he's got those sticky hands. Yeah, so Toby Maguire. Yeah, so basically, what Toby Maguire has been doing, he's been getting on the mound for the pitch. I heard Sully had sticky fingers too. That's a different story, you know. That's when he eats too many crullers from Dunkin' Donuts, Dingo. And then he ended up in the jail for fifteen months too. Over that, uh, anyway, it was fourteen. Back, it was fourteen. I had good behavior, okay. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the spite attack. You see Toby Maguire out there. He's on the mound, crawling around. He's got the gloves, and it's just like, what are you doing, Toby? I thought they kicked you out after Spider-Man Three. Uh, anyway, all right, all right. I, 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 I digressed a lot there, but frankly, uh, yeah, Spider-Man's ruined baseball. Well, all right. there you have it. <laughs> Sully, it's always a pleasure for you to join the program. We'll be talking to you on the next episode here. Thank you very much, Sully. Oh, it was nice talking to you, Ty. All right, hey, look, you've made it to the end of the Dingo Show podcast. Congratulations. Cole, Tag, great show, guys, and we'll talk to you next week. Later, Dingo. Oh.